Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Square Ball Podcast, episode number 161. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. And so is Moscow White as well. Daniel, you all right? Daniel Chatley, he's had a couple of beers already. If we sound very slightly different today, slightly more echoey, it's because we are in uh, an apartment, an Airbnb in London, because we've come down for the FSA Awards, which are taking place in a few short hours. We thought just as a kind of an experiment to have a little bit of fun that we would record most of this podcast now and then record a bit tomorrow morning after the event a, to see how we get on, and B, just to see how horrifically messy we are in the morning. Most of the fun so far has been reading, decorating the soft furnishings in this Airbnb. We're crouched around a table full of cushions with a, there's a, an ironing board with a duvet over it behind me. And what is underneath that tablecloth? It's a hat stand or a coat stand, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, Everything just to try and reduce the echo. That's uh, right. Echo. We need to say thank you to Levi Solicitors, 10% off your legal fees when you mention the square ball, when you inquire. Have a look at our landing page, which is levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hey, thanks to you if you've picked up one of our issue four magazines or the winter special as well. We should say 148 pages of brand new original content and it's a beauty. So loads of them. So thanks if you bought one. If you want to get one, it's not too late. Head to our website to pick that one up, thesquareball.net. Right, straight into this bit then. And uh, reflections on Cardiff. Have we all got that one out of our system now? Because it hurt a little bit at the weekend. I'll be honest, I've still not watched the highlights. Because I don't want to. You mean you didn't sit there on Saturday night and get Quest straight on? No, I don't want to see it again, really. Has anyone else? Yeah, I've watched them. I watched the um, Daily TV version, full 20 minutes, with the good uh, that great five minutes at the start where they put the teams up. That's always always worth sitting through. I mean, we were brilliant. I was quite happy to see Matches Click's chip that was so nearly a goal in at the end, and I wanted to see... Would that have been 4-0? Had that gone in? Uh, it would either have been 4-0 or 4-1 and then there was um, uh, Eddie Nketiah's header with that outrageous save at the end that would have been 4-3 which that's one of those dreams a little bit like Izzy Brown's free kick in the playoff semi-final you just think come on let make something nice happen we don't have and we can't get nice things because we're Leeds United well we've had nice things for seven consecutive games and I was thinking if that game had been 1-1 fine wouldn't it we'd, we'd be however many 10 games unbeaten we'd probably all be pretty relaxed about that and you just say well yeah Cardiff tough opponent get a draw against the the uh, the Waterfall FC but it's just the circumstances of it once we're once we're three goals up the whole thing with like Bielsa's inability to defend against what happens in the championship when traditional managers are up against him 
The idea is if we're three goals ahead and they start bombing the ball at some big strikers, should be okay. Apparently not. We need to score eight. Mm. It reminded me in some ways of when we beat Southampton 4-3 down there in that game when I don't think we scored until about the 70th minute because we were awful that day. Like loads of people, I was there and loads of people had left because they were like, let's just go to the pub. They're going to add probably another another two or three years. I think it was three and a half time. People just leaving. And it was the same in this. They, there was no sign of them getting back into it. And a bit like we were that day, they weren't actually very good to get back into it. Some goals just kind of happened out of nowhere. Mm. We never had those nerves. It never felt like the game was really getting away from us. Even at the end, there was kind of, there was the one for 3-1 where you just thought, oh, well, they've got a consolation and we'll probably score a, a fourth and a fifth anyway. And then there was the one for 3-2 and you're thinking, well, this is getting a little bit edgy, but okay, strikes coming on to defend against the big fellas at the back. And then they had Morrison sent off and you think, ah, oh, well, they screwed it up. He, he scored the second and then he's gone and messed it up for them up for their own selves. And then just, yeah, they just punted it forward and it's just because Lee Tomlin is a, is a crafty bastard. It has to be said, the assist for that one, the, um, the back flick was pretty good. Yeah, he'd be, uh, he's sort of like a, an overweight Pablo, isn't he? That's his thing. <laughs> and it was very cute as well to see Cardiff and Hull celebrating their, their points together via Twitter. You know, bless them. A bit of solidarity within the Football League. Just weird little creeps. Why do it? Why do it? They're about, they're like 12th and 14th in the league. Yeah, celebrating a point. Celebrating a, a last minute point at Charlton and a... <sighs> With another club as well, like... I would hate to see Leeds reach and I go like, oh, Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it great that we both got good results at the weekend? Like, well, no, yeah, I want every other team in the, the championship, all 23 of them to lose <laughs> and us to be the only one that wins every weekend. Can happen. And the subtext there is as well, of course, is that it's because it's Leeds United. Well, before we played Hull, they were putting some tweets out, weren't they? Saying how many, Matt, I want to call him Matt Bowen. That's not the same guy, is it? Jared Bowen. How many goals will he score tonight and stuff? Yeah. It's just strange. Non, because you're Hull and you're rubbish and you couldn't well on draw and you're going to lose. And they did lose. We beat them 2 0. So I don't know even why they can take any reflected glory from the fact that Cardiff got a point. Hmm. It's none of it. Oh, small team mentality. It's horrible. I mean, we're never going to play him again after this year because football's rightful order is being restored, as we know. You'd hope so. I think, I think of Hull as being a. Like a, a League One team. Problem is they've been in the Premier League since we've been out of it. That's uh, the weird thing. So the, you, we can't guard against the idea that we want to leave Hull and Cardiff behind in our in our dust, but they'll just get promoted and they'll be in the Premier League and they'll just be just as fucking annoying. As long as we're there, I don't really It's like mind. having a little brother. Like you think, oh, when you, you know, you go to the big school and you, you're rid of them, but then you're in year 10 and they come in year seven and they're just chipping around <laughs> and everybody's like, is that, is that your brother? No, I don't even have a little brother, but I've seen it happen. How do you gauge like the online temperature of Leeds fans now? Because everyone gets a little bit panicky when Leeds decide to do this every now and again. It's Has it calmed down now, do you think, substantially? I th- think so. I think people have maybe looked at the league table and gone, oh, okay, this is actually fine. There's nothing, nothing is lost at this stage. Like you say, a draw against Cardiff, if it had been, even if it had been 3 all, but it had been one where it went, you know, one all, 2-1, 2-2, and it was a yeah. know, end-to-end sort of game. It's just the fact that we absolutely killed them for an hour and then let them in without them really having to create any chances. We didn't even really let them in. They didn't have a period. In fact, I'm going to 
talk amongst yourselves and while well, you listen to that truck reversing outside and um, anybody listening, I've got to sleep in this room later, so I hope this isn't going to carry on um, if it's coming through the microphones. I'm going to look at sofa score. Me and, um, me and Michael are in the back room in, uh, in comfy beds away from the railway line. Absolutely. <laughs> You're on a sofa bed near a building site in a railway line. bastard. And it being London, they'll be building whatever they're building all night. Right, let me find the... Because uh, sofa score do a really nice graph of how the attacks go in every game it's going to take me a while to find it and whilst you're doing that Michael do you think that was our best hour of football before it all went tits up that we've done all season probably was it says a lot I think looking at the YEP Graham Smith couldn't give anyone a score below six despite the fact it was kind of a catastrophe alright I'm moving <laughs> <laughs> this is great this is, it's like we might as well just be recording outside here there is actually this place does have a very commodious roof terrace that on the other side looks straight into the side of I think it's the school of psychiatry and we because everything in London is on top of each other if we go out on that terrace we're just looking through the windows of a classroom I mean if I seminar if I on. go for my usual morning naked stroll tomorrow somebody's going to be in bother <laughs> here's the graph I was looking for it, obviously it doesn't help the listener see this but um, it shows where the, like which team was attacking when. Right. And the only times when Cardiff were attacking, there was that little bit at the end of the first half when they had a couple of chances. And then in the second half, it is the goals. Those are the only times they actually got forward. So three times they scored, which is some, which is kind of, it's, it's good in a way because we never let them overrun this. It, it wasn't like, because we had those little bits at the end of the Huddersfield match, perhaps, where we felt like we'd, the game got a little bit out of control and we had to, it was a good job we had the two-goal cushion. This was just, um, what was, so the first one, I don't even remember the build-up, but it was uh, Kiko messed up on a cross. The second one, we just completely switched off on a free kick. And then the third one, it's because we'd lost experience at the back, which is what Berardi brings and with Cooper being injured and uh, White and Stroik are both kids and Tomlin was just cleverer than Phillips for the flick on and nobody tracked the the big lanky substitute German striker. I, I checked that halfway through my match report when I was going about our inability to cope with tall English traditional number nines and then realised Robert Glatzel is from Munich. Ah, yes, he's probably a Bayern fan. Unless he supports, uh, oh no, tennis, I'm thinking of... Uh, Berlin is where tennis Berlin. tennis Berlin I've been in their ground I've, is it I, nice? um, it is, you, I got shouted at I climbed over a wall to get into it just because I wanted to look did you knock a ball back and forth over the net <laughs> no but yeah my, uh, German shouted at me and I ran away it's a good story that great, yeah. <laughs> you could have played in defence for Leeds on Saturday living on the edge of that boy Bielsa couldn't explain it on Saturday now we've had a couple of days to reflect on it do we think we can explain it because we obviously we've heard Michael your tactical <laughs> knowledge in, in recent podcasts. Well, they they what they did was put it in the net when they had chances, and we well we, well, we did, did as it well, three, three times, times, which is good actually, going for we us. Actually, actually, we could have scored a lot more than that. Bielsa did stray into your kind of territory of tactical advice when he was talking about dealing with uh, aerial threats, and he said that at halftime he'd spoken to Bamford and some of the other players, saying that when you are jumping against them, give them a few meters, take a running jump, and then you'll get you'll get higher, and that way you'll be able, you'll be okay against their aerial ability. And then when that wasn't working, he thought, well, I'm going to take out Berardi and I'll bring in Stroke because he is one meter ninety, and that'll be fine. That so a taller player against another tall player that will solve the the problem and it's it's a rare occasion when you're listening to Marcelo Bielsa and you just think I don't think you know what the fuck you're talking about here actually it's one of his uh, 
it's one of his, we've talked about what like uh, corners and things. He doesn't really care what happens and penalties. You think everybody else has a, a plan for who takes a penalty. It's like, there's 12 yards, you know, anybody can score from there, so it doesn't matter. And then defending against tall strikers, he's just like, yeah, don't know. Do what you want. He's a kid that needs to be challenged, is Bielsa, isn't he? He doesn't like the doesn't want to do the simple stuff. If you, you'll get bored if you put him in a class with stupid kids. He'll just sit there and he won't even do the the, the easy work because they'll just be thinking, "Well, that's obvious that stuff. Let me do let me do the stuff the big kids are doing." The solution against tall strikers and the traditional English game that he he seems to struggle with. His solution is just score loads of goals, and then it won't matter how many they score. And we were close to that on Saturday. We had three, nearly four, nearly five, and that would have been okay. You would think normally three should be enough. There shouldn't be three fuck-ups of that. Probably every goal was a, a mistake, not just one mistake, because I don't think you can pin maybe the first one, you have to pin it on Kiko. The next two, you're then looking at why the cross wasn't closed down before it came and why Berardi was under under the ball and Ben White let his marker go. And then the second one, it's then why has Phillips not got a hold of Tom Lane and then it's why it hasn't tracked uh, the striker and Ben White doesn't know where he is. So it, there's three big incidents where lots of people have done things wrong and that's not very Leedsy. Unless it's going to be Leedsy from now on. How many times have we conceded three under Bielsa? I mean, it's it doesn't really happen, does it? No. Other than the Derby game. Especially not this season when our defensive record is absurd. Maybe that's the thing that kind of unnerved everybody on Saturday was seeing the degree of control we've had for two months suddenly evaporate into the worst parts of what Leeds United are. It was a little bit like the Derby game in that respect, that we played three quarters of a of a tie against them mm. and everything was absolutely fine. And then it just completely fell apart. It didn't feel quite as drastic, this one, because I don't know, because they didn't ever have actual control. December. And because they didn't have actual control, whereas in the Derby game, it did feel like we were shitting ourselves and panicking. Whereas this, it just felt a bit like, oh, they scored. Oh, and again... They won't probably do it. Oh, no, they have. Okay, that's fine. We've seen this. We know how this goes. <laughs> I have a feeling if we ever watch, if we ever brave enough to watch the Derby game back, we'll probably have played really well. Because it was that goal straight after half time that was the real killer. But we got back into it with Stuart Dallas's uh, strike. And then, yeah, and then just whatever happened after that. I can't even remember the order of the goals when the penalty was. And then Baradi sent us. But there was, it's that thing of like, yeah, we. We're used to, we are generally like 95% possession. That's pretty much probably the same story against Derby as against Cardiff, is you just have these flashpoints at the back where we just completely freeze. But it doesn't happen often. And hopefully it all happens in one game. And if this is our Derby game, let's hope we get it out of the way now mm. and not, let's say, Easter. Yes, well, we'll be promoted by Easter is the theory. <laughs> I mean, that would be nice. Looking at games from last season, in terms of... Th- Everyone's kind of in a bit of panic saying, oh, this is typical Leeds, this is where it goes wrong. But people were reminding each other on Twitter of Sheffield United being three up after 82 minutes at Villa last year. And that was in, when was that? 8th of Feb, that was, was last year. just before we played Sheffield United, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, so we they were at that point, they fucked that up and they were three points behind us. You know, we fucked this up and we're 10 points clear of anyone. And apparently that's the beauty of having a massive lead at the top of the division is that it enables you to fuck up just not too often. Yeah, I mean, we've not fucked up very often, have we? Let's not let's not distrust the lads. If we keep at this rate of fucking up for the rest of the season, we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll get nigh on 100 points, which should see us... We're, we're nearly safe, that is worth saying. Are we? If, if you class 50 points to get safe, then we are nearly there at Christmas. So. Do we still have to win a game between now and the end of the season to stay up? Because <laughs> if so, I'm worried. 
And a word as well to Tomo, um, who tweeted, who's at LUFC1992, leads with 3 0 up when he got on a plane to Chicago. And then he turned his phone on when he landed at the other end. I'm like, oh, really? Refreshing it. This is a, this must be an old game. I've forgotten. The, no, the, no the, the score from today. Today, please. <laughs> but we are going into a more difficult set of fixtures now, though. Or on paper they are. But then, you know, you wouldn't expect us to be doing what we did against Cardiff. And But we turned it on in games where you might not expect us to in the last couple of months. So it does, it does balance itself out. Cardiff got that purely because they've got some big lads up front and Lee Tomlin. That's it. That's all they have really going for them. So that's their thing. When we come up against teams like Fulham, they have more going for them. They're not one-dimensional. They're not constantly pressing our particular weak spot. So I, I don't fear them. I don't really fear. I didn't fear Cardiff. We shouldn't fear Cardiff because they were terrible and we should have beaten them 10-0. But there's no reason to really take what happened for their three goals forwards and think that Fulham on Saturday is suddenly going to be starting to be pumping it long to, they're going to get Matthew Smith hurriedly back from Millwall. And go, oh no, we need him actually. We shouldn't let him go. We should never have let him go, but that's, you know, that's old news that I keep going over. Yeah, we're, we're up against actual football teams for a while now. And the nice thing is, no one seems that good, do they? In no. fairness, no, no one underneath us seems capable of putting together a 10 game run where they don't lose. Everyone just beats each other there and there's, Nottingham Forest, who were at one point looking like a, a fairly good threat because they had a game in hand, they're capable of losing 4-0 at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Much as it pains me to say it, but if you look at the... I'm desperately trying to find a Premier League table now, but aren't Sheffield United fifth? Yes. And where are Aston Villa? So Not she, fifth. Aston Villa are 17th. So Villa are struggling. Wolves, eighth. Who else went up last season? It was... I mean, Wolves didn't go up last season. No, but who else Norwich. went up? Norwich. Norwich in the relegation. Though, but, so Sheffield United doing so well. There's always one and, and Wolves from the season before. And West Brom are kind of that team this year where you think they'll just go in the Premier League and they'll be mid-table and fine. You don't feel that way about Preston or maybe Fulham could do it. But I think the point is that last year, a couple of really good teams went up like it says a lot about Sheffield United that um, they're seventh on this table I guess it's been updated with um, Sunday's matches but for them to to go straight up and be straight to the uh, the top half of the Premier League says something about the standard that they actually grudgingly we have to admit they did have in uh, in this division it'll be interesting to see how they do next year when everybody's figured them out it's always the second season you've got to kind of worry about I mean obviously when we went up last time we just won the championship because um, we're that good I don't think anyone's ever seen anything like Chris Basham's marauding centre-back runs I think it confuses everyone because everyone's to look at him he doesn't look like he'd be any, any good whatsoever but then he, he kind of is effective for them I will actually negate my own point by uh, considering Huddersfield's performance in staying up when they went up and they were absolute garbage um shouting through the playoffs without even scoring a goal. But the year after they did get found out. They did, exactly. So but um I think my point was that like yeah, there isn't the team in this division really, apart from us. We're the team that are much better than everybody else. We just have this uh we've had the struggle in the the early months of the season to score the goals that prove it. The last seven games we have scored them and against Cardiff I mean the problem at the start of the season, that game would probably have been a nil nil or a 1-1, or he would have lost 1-0 in the last minute. But we've actually got to the point where our attacking play is resorting in three goals. That's much, much better than what we feared was going on. So there's no reason to think that we can't uh, now actually be that team that is so much better than them. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, third place, Preston, get down. The table feels about right. 
that Preston West, third. That us and West Brom, though, are a fair margin yeah. above everyone else. That is, week on week, when you see bits of games, that is about how, how about fair, apart from the fact West Brom leaving it a little bit late and getting lucky now and then with penalties and what have you. But, yeah. you know, we probably just don't notice when we get lucky. And Fulham would be better if they didn't have an idiot manager. That's probably what's holding them back. Is So Fulham, really, with their players, shouldn't be losing to Preston and losing the games that they've lost. They should be losing to Leeds next week, but they're underachieving. And I guess they are still a bit of a risk, but they've gone so far adrift that big things have to go wrong for them to catch us. And big things don't, don't go wrong at Leeds. Thanks again to Levi Solicitors for their support on this podcast as well. A Leeds company with branches across the nation, including, guess where? West Brom? London. Oh, okay. Where we are on location right now. Depending on what condition we leave this Airbnb and if we're we're engaged in a civil dispute with the, uh, what do they call them, the owners, the hosts? No sign of a host. Where's my butler? (laughs) Come to London, I expect a little silver service. Uh, Yeah, Levi's do cover all sorts of areas of law, including personal and commercial services and 10% off your legal fees. If you mention the square ball when you contact them, uh, do us all a favour, head to our landing page on their website, which is levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. You know, every now and then there's that transfer that everybody absolutely is adamant will happen. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? David Stockdale. That's the one. Dwight Gale. Erling Haaland is the one that I'm on about this time, uh, who is Alfie's son, we should say, who has been rumoured for a long time now to be joining Leeds. Subject was going up, I would say, because he's a Leeds fan. If you don't know the backstory, uh, obviously grew up watching Leeds when his dad Born was in Leeds. When his dad was here, yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, Gunnar Haller might be the godfather, perhaps. Unfortunately, those lot from across the Pennines who are ruining Dan James's career, they're uh, they're sniffing around quite prominently. He's very promising, though. He won't he won't go there anymore. He's done interviews saying that he wants to win the league with Leeds and. Um, that he doesn't like Man United and there was um, one even this season where he was asked is he bored of the speculation linking with with Man United and he said 100% and I think he used an expletive board and but now yeah it really does sound like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has, has talked him round I mean Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be sacked in like, before the end of the season so I don't know why he's putting much much store in that or you can come on you know help us get back into the UEFA league whatever it's called, Europa League. <laughs> that's that one, The yeah. Fairs Cup. That's the one. Uh, well, the reason we're mentioning this is because that's been the latest twist or angle on the QSI takeover story is that if we do get their money and we go up, that he will be signing for Leeds as a career stepping stone. Surely the way that we're heading and the way that Man United are heading, it'd be the other way around. A quick stepping stone to Old Trafford, then over to the champions at Ellen Road. Mm. Well, he'll probably join us. We'll get in the UEFA Cup in his first year. Win he'll, that. He'll be content with that. Well, yeah, we'll win that and probably finish... I don't know. Liverpool seemed quite good. Probably finished third, back in the Champions League. Who's finishing second? Man City, maybe. Ah, no, the shot, the shot. Pep will be gone at the end of the season. He'll give up. They'll get Big Sam, probably, won't they? <laughs> after that, put John Stones up front. He's a big lad, big Barnsley lad. Go on, son. Yeah, it's it's from. Um, I think the source is Bleacher Report, who've been talking about Erling Haaland's future and saying that yeah if uh, there's a lot of ifs if he doesn't go to scum in January if QSI take over leads and if we get promoted does this talk that going straight to scum would be too much of a leap from he's in Austria at the moment isn't he playing for Red Bull Salzburg I can't imagine that he's not in a, a better team where he is yeah I mean it, uh, he either comes here and spends the rest of his career here and um, has Leeds badges tattooed over every inch of his body and then is buried here when he dies, or nothing. 
<laughs> just nothing. Yeah, nothing. Or you can just go and play for scum. Just, One or the other. It's time to choose Erling. I just realised um, in the first bit then, we didn't give enough, uh, we didn't throw enough shade at Hull over Keepergate because I know it's old news now. We've had Cardiff since, but uh, former Leeds favourite, Eric Lehigh. <laughs> he was a half favourite, wasn't I he? I quite liked him actually, he was all he right. Was, he was fairly quick in, in that th- division. I think we wanted to keep him because we were just desperate for any players who were quite good. And he was like, oh, he looks good. And, you know, as he played in the Premier League since... He may have done. I think he was at Forest for a while. Wasn't Either he? way, he's a barefaced liar. Forest's yeah, not been in the Premier League for a long time. No, but I'm, I'm basically saying he's done all right since we didn't get hold of him. Well, he's a liar now. Yeah, so. I realised that. I mean, even Grant McCann, where he was like, you know, he, Bamford knew what he was doing. He's another fucking Chris Wilder effort. I'm surprised Wilder hasn't pitched in. I like, see that. Ashway, fucking I weird. Top of Premier League, and we're going to sign Harland. Sharpie's onto him. He knows Leeds. He knows Sheffield. He knows what's his dad called? His dad. <laughs> and he's told him, phoned him up. He said, Bamford, you aren't getting the team out of him because he'll tell lies about you. <laughs> I mean, that is true as well. He will not get in the team ahead of Bamford. Nobody's getting in the team ahead of Bamford. Ever again. No, we could sign Messi. And he'd be like, well, he's got to, he's got to, is he going to work as hard off the ball as, uh, as Bambo? Yeah. So Grant McCann gave it the full Chris Wilder with him where it's like, he knew what he was doing. He's left a knee on his head. He can't have knees on heads. Knees on heads in football. It's not, it's not, it's not knee ball, is it? It's not knee, it's not knee head ball. All right, we get supposed it. Supposed to kick the ball. We get it. Not supposed to. I like doing the fallout from this on Twitter with certain Hull fans having, you know, the, the old saying about it's easier to fool someone than it is to convince them they've been fooled. They'd taken in Lehigh's truth so completely that when the footage came out from behind the goal, they were like, I think that's probably being edited or it's not showing it properly. There's a, a pruder level they've, stuff. They've cut, the, they've cut frame 4-3-3 or whatever it is where it shows the impact. Uh, I don't think, you know, no, I think I think he definitely has still taken his head off there. It's, uh, as the Manic Street Preacher said, this is Lehigh's truth, tell me yours. <laughs> yeah, because part of the, the story was as well that not only did he need him in the head, he'd then taken a step back to stamp on his temple and try and finish him off, mm. which again from the clip... I gather he did, didn't he? Well, no. maybe from certain angles. Funerals next week. <laughs> I have a certain level of sympathy with the... I don't think the keeper necessarily has dived or done or, or faked an injury. I think as he's, you can see as he's, as he's scrambling to get back up to stop whatever ball is coming in, he is getting up from the floor and he basically runs into Bamford's thigh and he drops down again. He probably, it's his hip. Yeah, and if people are... If people are moving at speed, that's, um, that's Bielsa's fitness. His hip, his hip bones are like blades. And if he's moving at speed, <laughs> so lean he is. He's going to go down again, and that's fine. But then, what did not happen? Scalped him. It, it was not deliberate. Fleet and Tomlin then, had hit him. It had been lovely and cushioned, and it had been absolutely fine. And then, what did not happen is this idea that Bamford then suddenly backed up and like reversed over him, like it was some some meanie like reversing over a kid's bike no, in a truck. You know, if, you, if he's hit like a, a fairly small wild animal on a country road, well, should I go back and finish the job? Bam, Bamford, I imagine, probably. <laughs> on his land. In, on his land. Exactly. He, he's, yeah, little fox hunting and all. I'm fed up of the poachers. <laughs> but that definitely did not happen. Like there's, there's maybe an argument, I wouldn't have 
said it's a foul. It's definitely not deliberate, but there was probably enough there that Bamford did just knock into their keeper and he, he went down again. But this whole business of then another foul to stop him from saving the shot is, is just an absolute lie. And the whole the way that Hull tried to construct it. And even then, if we say, all right, we'll chalk that goal off, we still won 1-0. It'll be ours. On to the Manager of the Month award, which uh, Bielsa reluctantly accepted. He doesn't want it, does he? He, he doesn't want. He doesn't want accolades. Yeah, he, uh, he gave it to Liam Cooper. You see that in uh, in our friend Phil Hayes reporting on it. He he realised apparently because he's very keen on following convention in the Championship. So if other managers do something, I don't think he's going to start like going around in a grey tracky velour tracky velour tracksuit, a grey velour tracksuit like uh, Neil Harris was wearing at the weekend. But if other managers have their photographs taken when they would manage other months, he's now, he's like, okay, well, I'll do it. And then he's, so he posts the photos and then, Liam, do you want that? Means nothing to me. <laughs> Liam, you take it away. So, uh, so he took it. I think as a player, you wouldn't really want it either, would you? Because people would just go out to your house and go, you're not a manager. And he'd be like, no. Long story. He, he sort of gave me it because of ah, Maybe Marcelo feels bad for him because he, he saw all the stuff where Luke Ayling was like captain for one game and it happened to be the centenary match and he got the shirt framed and he's had the, the armband mounted. So if you when you go up to the gates to his house, there's just like a huge captain's armband now that separates and you you drive through and it says one 100 years of Luke Ayling <laughs> glorious captaincy. So Marcelo was like, I know you, you weren't captain in the centenary game. Do you want to, do you want this bit of, glass from please the take FL. it from I feel sensational levels of guilt <laughs> he should have given it to Jackie Harrison who was nominated for player of the month and should have won but didn't win it's starting to bug me as the Jackie thing now is it you Michael <laughs> did it split the vote because some people were voting for Jack Harrison and some were voting <laughs> for Jackie case of mistaken identities no it's um it's catching on now you can't resist it did you see Graham Smith's updates on the weekend Jackie Harrison mentioned throughout I noticed someone... Um, Don't enable him, Graham, someone please. tweeted us saying that someone near sat near them shouted, go on, Jackie. Yep, because they, they know it suits him and it's nice. It's nice for a player to have a nickname. And uh, all we need to do now is work that into his song. Oh, Jackie, Jackie. Jackie, 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 Jackie Harris. And- Jackie, Jack. At the end, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Hey, a word on the uh, the Leeds ladies as well, because Dan O'Hearn is the manager there, one manager of the month, and probably did willfully accept it. Oh yeah, you're not going to let that go. He's not. He's not letting anyone else touch that. There was, uh, yeah, they won all their league games in November. I think it was three out of three, and they just won again. Their last game of 2019 was against Bolton, um, and they won two 0 Last game, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ken well, Bates they, and Massimo are right about those guys to be fair try and find uh, well it's it's better now they're at Thorpe Arch for the home games but try and find a women's team with a playable pitch between now and about February they don't get the uh, the facilities to help them actually complete fixes but they are second in the table three points behind Barnsley and I think the are there any uh, women in Barnsley? They they import them serious question they uh, they signed them from out of out of town and right. they come and represent who the team. Who was the um, the Barnsley player who famously slagged off the women of Barnsley? He's a Bulgarian guy, Christo oh. Georgi Christo or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of said that he didn't really like it there because the women were all dreadful. <laughs> but um, they're going well. I've not been up to see them Christoph. this season. Uh, but Georgia Bob Watton is um, is doing big things in goal which is not surprising because she was looked at by Manchester City before her um she had some serious knee injuries when she was a bit younger 
Um, it's still pretty young, but it's doing really well. And I think I saw that Kath Amel passed 151 appearances, I think, in this Bolton victory, which is um, some going. I mean, I think the important thing here is that given that they were left to fend for themselves and it nearly all went under, it's good to see them making good progress forward as well. Yeah, they're doing well. They're back uh, using the um, the facilities at Thorpe Arch and um, sharing some of the, the physios and the, the I think they're, they're kept away from the, the first team as everybody is. But Has um, Rob Price discovered if bits are compatible to transfer between men and women? If we see uh, Adam Forshaw... With one size four boot. <laughs> ...comes back. Yes, I was going to say with... Uh, um, a different sway in his hips. Um, perhaps we'll see that Rob has been farming the, the women's team. Please, Rob Price, don't hurt them. And a massive thank you to you if you bought the uh, 2020 calendar. We're coming round for a brand new year, brand new decade, and we did a fundraiser on this. So all the profits from those are going to the Leeds Cancer Centre and the Breast Cancer Action Group because one of our team has had family members affected by breast cancer in the last uh, couple of years and it's been bloody horrible for them as well. So we thought we'd like to give a little bit back and do something for them. And you've sold them all out. You've bought them all. So thank you very much. We will continue. I think we're going to continue to print them. We can have them reprinted in batches of 50. Um, so as long as we get 50 orders at a time, we can keep um, keep reprinting them. Yeah. So if you go on the website and just order 50, that would help. <laughs> yeah. But no, as long as people still want them, we will keep printing them because it, um, it all goes to a good cause. Yeah. The squareball.net forward slash calendar. I mean, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we're definitely going up this season. So all this little wobble recently, we know it's all just a, a little bit of window dressing as we uh, gloriously march towards promotion. It's in the bag. Got to keep it interesting, haven't we? Of course we have. It's the Leeds United way. Well, we are planning already our end of season promotion party and it's in the hands of Eden J. Harris, who's tracking this for us. Have a look at him, our mate Garden on Twitter, Eden J. Harris. And um, it started in Leeds at the start of the season, did the booze baton. And where uh, it ends up will be where we have our party. It changes hands through victory. So Stoke took it off us and then so on and so forth until the end of the season. Liverpool, the current holders, and highly likely, I feel, to hold it until the end of the season. It's an example of where uh, Leeds are helping keep things interesting because if Liverpool just win from now to the end of the season, like who is even going to watch Match of the Day anymore? Oh, check out the big relegation fight between uh, Watford and Norwich. Oh, you care, don't you? Nope. So at least we're, you know, a bit of a fight between us and West Brom and Preston will keep people watching. But yeah, I basically check the Premier League results now. In fact, I don't even bother. I just look to see what Garden's saying on Twitter. Have Liverpool won? Yes. Usually, yeah. yeah they were a bit so. lucky against Watford. I have to say, I did see the match of the day from that and they, they let Watford have an awful lot of chances. Were they frightened of Nigel Pearson? Well, that's the thing. You don't want him on. If Watford had won it, you don't want him on a night out here. I mean, his, his Leicester trip to Thailand, I think, ended with mm. some quite interesting um, yes. events, we'll just call them. Mm. Let's leave that one there. A few sackings. Ended up with them winning the league, to be fair, because it ended that's that's true. what got rid of uh, Pearson in the end and it, it, it turned out all right in the long run. You imagine Nigel Pearson to be running the doors in Watford, don't you, when he's finished at, you know, Vicarage Road on a weekend? Just for fun. Yeah, shirtless. <laughs> he doesn't need extra money just, just to keep his hand in. I've had, I have had one night out in Watford in my life and I wouldn't go back. Talk us through that night out. I don't remember. I, I was with my cousin. I think I was 18 uh, and he's sort of five years older than me as my cousin. I went out with him and his mates and I drank quickly and I lost him. And then he found me on a bench being sick and then we had to get a taxi back and then the taxi drop was about a mile and a mile or two from the house because I was sort of gipping in the back. You know, you know the taxi driver's kind of going, get him out, get him out. And he's going, no, he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> I wasn't fine. He's from the north, he'll be fine. <laughs> but from from my memories of Watford, not, not worth it. So 
Liverpool's probably better anyway. Yeah, and we can, uh, as we've said before, we'll take over there. Uh, Premier League promo- uh, promotion party with uh, be promoted to champions maybe we could all start there and then we could get the train over to Manchester as a big group the Leeds and the Liverpool fans all as one I can imagine the headline heroes welcome in Manchester <laughs> the Daily Mail headline already we we need to yeah we can put the bygones uh, as bygones with old Boss Mag remember from the uh, the very first Football Supporters Federation awards that we went to and won when um, uh, we'd, we'd never even heard of of Boss Mag at the time, and we and we didn't encounter them in the room at the at the event where we were given this prize, and then woke up in the morning to find loads of tweets with them. I mean, they uh, they said they were joking. Hey, you were only joking, lads. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the the, the words uh, spilled claret were uh, were <laughs> were being bandied about, and they were basically going to uh, try and fighters i met one of them years later and he was very um apologetic and said it was it was all meant to be a a good laugh but um yeah so we could we can you know right those wrongs band together in peace love and harmony just like john lennon and alan bennett would want (laughs) and uh and go over to manchester and um and beat them up instead Get some claret spilt there. It does remind me regarding the Scousers of my dad telling me a tale of when he was a lad going to watch uh, Leeds against one of the, the two clubs and cutting through um, Stanley Park in the winter and it had been snowing and the Scousers were kind of laughing, throwing snowballs at them. It wasn't until the snowballs landed that they realised they had bricks in them. <laughs> Lovable rogues. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, we're in London doing a recce here for Leeds at the weekend. Uh, they're playing Fulham. It seems we've come to the wrong part of town because we're in the East End of the Tower of London. However, um, uh, Liam Cooper's back, which is important, I think. Do you think he'll go straight back in? Is he definitely back? back. <laughs> what have you heard? Oh, sources. No, I was just assuming he would be, given that what Bielsa said, and Bielsa doesn't lie. Uh, yes, he does. I mean, for sure would have been playing the last 20 games if Bielsa wasn't a liar. So I just had his body dropped, uh, dropped in the sea from a helicopter. <laughs> No, he 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 will nearly back next game. <laughs> Never seen again. I mean, it would be good if um, if Cooper came back. Not so much because Berardi's been a problem. I don't think he played any worse against Cardiff than uh, Ben White did. Um, I think we mentioned on the the match ball that Ben 
let a couple of passes go astray, which is on a par with, uh, what's that big cathedral in Paris called? Notre Dame? Yeah, it's on a par with the Notre Dame catching fire, really. It's like one of those once a century events. Ben White has made a mistake. And then the second and third goals, he wasn't brilliant. So I think we found the things where Ben White does have a couple of weaknesses. But um, it would be nice to have Stroik and or Casey just a little bit further away from the first team. I think personally against them, they're probably going to be our centre-back partnership when we win the Champions League in five years. Um, but just for now, let's get the players who know what they're doing. And that's, I think, uh, Brady and Cooper both have valuable parts to play alongside Ben White, um, who we need to remember, despite his brilliance, is just a kid um, in his first season at this stage. And and his, uh, I think, maybe his inability to help strike and organise the back four or back three or back seven or however we were playing in the formation at the time didn't do either of them any favours so yes let's have the captain back in the team and that's one thing that I think Bielsa has seemed to have done this year is to put players straight back in uh, when they've needed to go back in rather than like you know you look to the the playoff semi against Derby and um, not putting Janssen back in I think Janssen was a bit of a special case though I don't think he ever quite trusted Janssen it's like at the start of the season was last season was Janssen injured or was he did he just drop him late back from the World Cup so he just put Berardi in and then he was like yep Berardi was fine. He's fine. He's my centre back now. You yeah. get in the team ahead of him if you can, if you want. But. Even a bad Berardi day is going to be six out of ten. And I think Bielsa, that's sort of his starting point. Is yeah, I want that from a player. I want the four six guaranteed before I do or see anything else. And the fact that Pontus Janssen at his best could give you a twelve out of ten is kind of not relevant to his his thinking. It's like that's do you, you have to do earn you, that? Do you that put Cooper? Place. Do you put Cooper back in? Yeah, I do. Because he's against Mitrovic, who's one of the most physical strikers in this league. And he, as well, he's not just a lump either. He actually can finish. We do need to keep him under control. Or injured because Berardi's hurt him. <laughs> I put uh, I put Cooper back in, but I also don't worry if Berardi is still there. Um, I just don't then bring on a child to uh, to see the game out. That's, if, that's if, my plans. I do enjoy watching Berardi try and overcome kind of his, his physical limitations in these games because he... He doesn't often win headers, but he always makes it very difficult for mm. the opposition. He makes a complete nuisance of himself and normally means they can't, even if they can win the header, it doesn't really go where they want it to go. And seeing him climb up Peter Crouch at the start of last season was was the start of his of watching this because he was doing it again on Saturday, wasn't he? He was, he was jumping for balls that he was never going to actually win, but doing enough to make it tricky for them. I love it in some ways. You, you see him kind of get sight of where the ball's going from about 20 yards away and he starts running. <laughs> yeah. And if you can just hear him coming and know he's going to be leaping and he doesn't take his eyes off the ball. Thundering, thundering hooves. Yeah, he doesn't try and like go through the player or leave an elbow and then he just sees the ball and he's like, right, I'm going to run and jump. And uh, he'd probably be a really good pole vaulter. And you don't want a pole vault uh, on a football pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think the sticks are against the rules for one thing. Um, and they've obviously lost the athletic stadium. But uh, yeah, he he won't have uh, he won't let himself down or, or us down against Mitrovic. But um, Cooper would be useful to come back because he is, you know, he's Scotland's best defender. I mean, they are in a terrible run of form as well. Let's not forget three on the bounce they've lost now. I guess what they lost, to, it was Bristol, they lost at home, then they went to Preston and Brentford and lost both of those. It's a tough run, to be fair to them. Mm. But, you know, look, their, their squad is easily good enough to go up. On, on paper, you would say their team's better than ours. 
you know, yeah. Mitrovic had, alongside, well, you got Kearney behind, who was, oh, maybe he only plays well against us, but every time I see him, he's always brilliant. Then they've got Knockout in, and then they've got their version of Helder Costa, the guy on loan from... Cavallero. Uh, Cavallero on loan from Wolves. So they've got this really good front three, which is yeah. probably about the best in the division, I would and say. Mitrovic is, yeah, Mitrovic is nonsense at this level, isn't he? Yeah, so they're cheating, is what we're saying. <laughs> and it's not fair that they have such good players. But they're really bad at it, which is great. I think I do think Scott, Scotty, Scott Scotty, Scott Scotty, Scott Scotty, Scott Scotty, Scott Scotty Parker. Scott Scotty Parker. <laughs> yeah, fruit. Right Get your fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> I do think having him in charge is, is a, a kindness to the rest of the division because I feel like if you gave it to Bielsa or even to, you know, Tony Pulis, he would probably get them up with that, with that attack. Whereas they've given it to this... Scotty Parker he's got a little bit in a suit though isn't he he's kind of this year's Frank Lampard isn't he yeah but like a lower a less famous version of managing Newcastle next season or something ridiculous are we going to be mentally ruined by Cardiff or are we going to be right back on it well whoscored.com gives us some big reasons to hope because uh, although Fulham do have some very strongs attacking down the wings which is not surprising with Cavalero and Knockhart um, creating chances through through balls blah 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 but their weaknesses <laughs> blah 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 they are very weak at defending counter-attacks defending attacks down the wings and stopping opponents from creating chances and those are basically Leeds United's three favourite things lately. So that's kind of why I'm more optimistic about this than the uh, the Cardiff game in some ways, because you kind of knew Cardiff are just going to go deep and they're going to pack everything away. And every time they had the ball on the edge of their penalty area, just hoof it down the pitch. Whereas Fulham are quite, well, according to whoscore.com, very weak at defending the things that we are very strong at. So let's... Um, if we couldn't beat Cardiff 6-0, let's, let's beat Fulham 6-0 and, uh, and get back on track. And their strengths as well, are, you know, a chance through 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 balls. Ben White's just stepping out of defence and yeah, cutting yeah. all those out. There's no problem with that. No. Do you know what? I, I really fancy us to do this one, 1-0. If we can just not bite anyone. That was at Fulham, wasn't it? <laughs> the Dakara biting. It was at Elland Road, but it was against was it? Fulham. I thought it was at Fulham. No, I'm pretty sure it was at our place. I can remember, I can distinctly remember seeing the replays of, uh, of people trying to go frame by frame as to when it when it happened, which it did happen, which is the most ridiculous thing about it. Is he, he tried to bite somebody's, why would you bite somebody in the chest? It's not even like a part where you can bite an arm, where you can get a, like a grip. You can get a, you can get a mouth around an arm. You're not going to get your whole gob around somebody's chest. <laughs> you tried? Well, I'm, Dakari did and look where it got him. It's eight game ban. Alioski could. Potentially, he's, de- he's definitely tried. Anyway, we know that. We he's, know that. He, he's probably got a, a spare human skull that he can just bring out and be like, "Hey, the jaw goes here, the, the head goes here. I am biting you with my my skull that I have." What do you, What do you fancy for this one, then, Michael? A two-all draw. Interesting. I've no idea why. Six-nil uh, win uh, because Leeds are brilliant. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm delighted with your newfound optimism. It's it's wonderful. Um, and it gives us hope going into Christmas because it is a quite a tough run of fixtures over Christmas when you look at Preston at home uh, who will win and then Birmingham away which will also win I mean West Brom will go there will win that once we win those that'll put us the Boxing Day win will put us at least 13 points ahead of Preston the West Brom win will put us at least one point ahead of them it's, it's all set up nicely you've got to say I'm glad we're not playing any easy teams because it's not like a six pointer is it when you, when you beat someone shit I mean the, the other side of this coin is that even if we do have this tough run of fixtures now is that we've seen what we've done with the teams in the last couple of months and we have to face all those teams again 
and hopefully we should beat them all again because that's how it works. I don't imagine they'll have got much better. No, we've, we've kind of got most of the teams in this division figured out. And, the, you know, the early season wobbles against like Derby where we chucked it away and Swansea, they've lost form now. God, I want to beat Derby so much. Forest as well, they've wobbled. I, th- I just think that we, we've got more in our locker now. Well, those games, we we won those games, really. We should be. <laughs> well, we did. I mean, all, right, all right, Johnny Woodgate. <laughs> the, it was laying. <laughs> the the final ab- scores were laying. <laughs> we did absolutely murder those teams. They were shit. Like Forest were terrible when we played them, as were Derby. I mean, Derby were probably the worst. Forest were medium worst. Mm. And then Swansea were like just about acceptable, but should still have lost 2-0. You know what I really want to see from when we play Derby again? You know those, uh, when you see like South American football where they have uh, cars parked behind the goal and players go and celebrate by just like opening the door and seeing and pretending to drive. Let's do that. Everybody like gets into a big car behind the goal at Derby and is like, well, hey, <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> there will definitely... We've Throw had, some cans open. Well, if we go there and win, Click will be all over something like that. You know, with, <laughs> doing the steering wheel gestures with his hands or whatever. Of course he will. You know he will. Click running around Fried Park doing the steering wheel. <laughs> somebody, somebody tell him. <laughs> he'll, he'll know. He knows. Alioski pulls the Keo mask out of his, sh- out of his shorts. <laughs> Hopping around on one leg. Don't forget our other podcast, The Extra Ball, a chance for you to get more bonus content every single week. We bring you two shows on there now. We do an hour of Extra Ball and we do the Championship Manager Edition, which we're going to do a couple of beers down, I think, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to finish recording this and then get straight into a couple of rounds of uh, Championship Manager. We've been looking at some different managerial techniques as to which ones which ones work well with, um, with a beer or two. We don't have any uh, scotch... But in particular, or or other other spirits, but can't think of any managers who drank heavily. Mm. But we'll give it a try anyway. Um, yeah. So the championship manager 0102, we're trying to re uh, rewrite history and stop us uh, melting down and imploding like under the Ridsdale era. We're going to qualify for the Champions League. We're going to win the Premier League, and all will be fine again in the future. If it was good enough for Brian Clough, it's good enough for us. Should say as well, if you want to get the extra ball, you don't just have to listen on the website. You can listen in a selection of major podcast providers, including like Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. So full details on the website. Uh, we are tying up the Loose Ends of Warnock, uh, Neil Warnock show, which has been running for weeks now. Mm-hmm. We've just been finding so much stuff to talk about. Irrelevant to that, but I did enjoy that just after that Brian Clough comment, me and Michael both simultaneously took massive swigs of our beer as if as it was like, yep, we've got to get ready for this new tactical masterclass we're bringing to Champ Manager. For all that, sign up for the Extra Ball. Get your first month free. The squareball.net forward slash the Extra Ball. Heroes and villains now then. Who's done good by us? Who's done wrong by us across the last seven days? Uh, first, we do the Ken Bates Villainy Award for somebody who's caused us untold misery. And it's always been custom on this feature to nominate Ken Bates for something. It's getting increasingly hard to find things to nominate him for, but it's part of the rules, so we've got to do it. He can't win, however, but we do have to nominate him. I can feel his, uh, his spirit around us in, in London. Whoa. We've passed a few Whoa. workhouses on the way here. Well, can you, can you, can you find it? Yeah. Thanks to everybody who's been getting in touch saying how uncomfortable they find it, particularly Ken's mouth noises. You're very fortunate this week that Ken Bates of Wyoming has um, not had anything to do. So We have found his phone number, haven't we? <laughs> we have found his actual phone number and email address on the website. So we, we might ring him at some point. <laughs> Later <laughs> tonight? Yeah, it might be not a bad idea. <laughs> Given the time difference to Wyoming as well, if we roll mm, in in the early hours. Be, uh, it could be handy. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We might yeah, ring him at, we might no ring him at some point. Um, this week, though, he's just getting nominated because Chelsea apparently want Ben White. 
in January because now they managed to wriggle out of the transfer ban. So poor, mm. poor old Frank, working miracles, Frank. He's only going to have to have one transfer window where he doesn't buy any players. You know, like, do you remember Spurs didn't buy any players for about five transfer windows in a row and didn't complain, choice. Didn't complain at all? Uh, poor Frank. All he had was the transfers that were already arranged, like uh, Kovacic from Madrid, who was about 60 million quid. Oh, oh poor, poor Frank. He's, doing, he's working absolute wonders, that boy. Uh, but now they they've had the ban lifted, so they want Ben White. I imagine that uh, Ken Bates is delighted to see that injustice put right, and that Frank is now able to manage as he uh, as the free market economy would want him to. I can't bear the thought of Ken Bates in his penthouse apartment gazing down over Stamford Bridge and seeing Ben White stroking the ball around. That would piss me right off. Does he still got that? Did they not kick him out? Uh, I think it's possible that they can destroy it so they could build that new stadium but then they didn't get they didn't go ahead with those plans because oh yeah because Roman Abramovich like took his uh, toys home about yeah, about the tax situation in the UK so he's 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 funding them I'm not I mean Frank may have the the, the ability to buy players but I think uh, Abramovich will have slashed transfer funding to a mere 200 million per window now in protest tough life who else do you want to nominate for villainy Pascal Stroik I mean, Ollie Casey would have been absolutely fine in that situation. I don't know why uh, Stroik had to come on and ruin ruin our season. And our a hopes. foreigner taking the job a young Englishman could have done. I mean, where's he come from? Ajax. What do they know about football? No, I've never even heard of him. He's, uh, he's got no pedigree, no bit. No, bless him, poor fella. He's got nice hair. I do. Uh, he's quite handsome, actually. Yeah, he's a good-looking lad. So maybe stop trying to defend and just go be a model. Nah, yeah. poor old Pascal. Yeah, he's. He, I think it's um, it's right that he should get a little villainy nomination, but in no way should he be winning this. He shouldn't even be considered for it, should he? No, he should be considered because fucking hell, fuck the game up, didn't he? But, as, we, um, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, we want to nominate Hull and or Cardiff because of their pathetic tweeting. Hull, really? Because in fairness to Cardiff, getting a three-three draw. And be 3-0 down at Leeds. That's a good result. Why Hull think they need to get involved is anyone's guess. They're weird. I would... uh, Strange, strange creatures. Nominate Cardiff for dressing in grey tracksuits. They did just look weird on a touchline. None of them looked like footballers. Betting shop through the daytime vibe, didn't it? It was more like like students going to the corner shop hungover. Mm. That's what they look like. (laughs) Speaking of... Uh, betting and misery. You need to go into this as well, I'm afraid, Michael. Mm. Um, for my magnificent £85 win. Yeah, for the benefit of anybody who hasn't yet heard the match ball, Michael uh, profited quite handsomely from Leeds United conceding three goals against Cardiff at the weekend and was delighted by it. To say I was delighted by it wouldn't be true, but I just am, I'm just taking precautions against it. If I've got, for example, I have home insurance, if my house was to burn down, I wouldn't be stood on the driveway pumping my fists, delighted I was getting a big payout. I'd be... Mm-hmm. Well, I think well, you would. Yeah. Actually, my wife does have life insurance. No, let's not, let's not get into <laughs> It's on record. Let's not get into that. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the address for Levi Solicitors again? It's a slash the square ball. They don't do criminal law. Uh, who else do you want to nominate? Phil Hay. for, um, oh, for our, our, new, our new best friend, Phil Hay. Well, Co- our, colleague, if you like. Our former best friend, Phil Hay, at halftime tweeting, this is different level stuff. You win seven games on the spin. You win seven games on the spin. <laughs> and then find another gear to tell. 
I don't, I don't know what... It's not, it's not Glasgow, is it, his accent? It's, no. he's, he's, he's from Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Well, anyway. I'm sure he'll be delighted. You win seven this. games on the spin and then you find another gear to turn in the first half like that. Cardiff can't live with it and the championship aren't really living with it either. We'll, um, we'll, we'll probably have to address this on the Phil Hay show um, where I can provide more context to the way that the... Uh, the, he was drooling the iron brew down his chin all through that that first half, and he, he could barely he could barely choke his haggis down. He was so so <laughs> amazed by what Leeds were playing. But did you get the heroin in all right? <laughs> For going with Scottish stereotypes. Yeah, I was like, he, after the third went in, he just thought, oh, when he "Hello, threw, sweet friend." He threw that pint glass off the gantry. <laughs> yeah, I was probably yeah we, we were probably goading each other on is uh, is how we were enjoying the first half we'll leave that for for later in the week come on let's move on stop slacking off the man we're doing a podcast uh, with. Robbie Gotts for why as a reference to we were discussing it on the Phil Hay show the uh jumped up little bastard has uh, gone to Bielsa demanding a move to <laughs> Barcelona I think it was he said nothing less either that or Juventus or uh, yeah he thinks he's, uh, yeah, he's okay, going to okay. take over the uh, yeah, we get it. A striker from, uh, <laughs> who, from him who actually uh, Jamie Jones who you may not know but he's the Wigan goalkeeper who against West Brom they were leading 1-0 the ball was played back to him as defenders do wasn't watching was he he, what, what a goalkeeper would have done would have normally he'd well kick it first time with his left foot up the field if he's right footed he could have he had loads of space could have brought it inside looked for a pass maybe sprayed it out to the right back but instead he just picked it up like a child who didn't know the rules um, and then West Brom had an indirect free kick about six yards from goal and their, their wall was shite as well the whole thing was a shambles I've and, not actually seen it yet is it the sort of thing that Felix Fiedwald would have dealt with comfortably yeah he actually would. I think it's genuinely, I've never seen anything like it in a professional match. It is the sort of thing like a, a kid who's been put in goal and doesn't understand the rules and the ball's rolled back to him and he just goes, oh, I'm, I can use my hands, I know this bit, I'll Th- pick that's this up. That's my job, I'm the goalkeeper. But yeah, he's, he's basically just turned around having a drink in the back of the goal and then the ball, he just sees the ball rolling towards him and hears the crowd and his defender yelling at him and just goes, ah, lovely. Yeah, if that point wins them the league at the end of the season. Mm, I've got one. James Milner, yep, I know. Signed a contract extension with Liverpool. Him and Erling Haaland, they can both fuck off no, together, no, can't he's, they? He's tricked him as Milner. Let's see how. He's put a clause in there. <laughs> Leeds United promotion clause. Leeds United Premier League free transfer promotion clause. Because <laughs> he loves us that much. He's just snuck it in because they thought, oh, you know, I imagine Milner's one of those that he doesn't haggle too much over the money. Mm. So they probably presented him with something and he's gone, let me just check it over and, and we'll be fine on the back of it. He's written some extras on, and, they, and then they've they've signed it. So we're still signing him in summer. Good. Who else? Uh, Tommy Wright is one that's been uh, announced this afternoon. He has been convicted of accepting bribes while Barnsley's assistant manager, breaking the hearts of Leeds fans who loved him in the 1980s. I loved Tommy Wright in the 80s. He was a bit of a hero because he was the young lad who broke through. Yeah, is yeah. your heart broken by this? Mildly. I've got over it now. Is that all your, uh, are those all your candidates then or do we, uh, do I think that's we everybody. Yeah, quite Come a lot. in London, just in general. I don't like it here. <laughs> noisy, noisy, isn't it? It really <laughs> is noisy. And expensive as well. Yes. Although, oh, and as, just as we say that, there is a yeah, train rattling past. Yeah. Probably a train full of people being charged through. The, well, the one thing is public transport's cheap. So for having cheaper public transport than we have in the North. Okay. Uh, who do you want to win this? Phil. You don't mean that. <laughs> I'll give it to Hull. Yeah, of course we're giving it to Hull. Like the weekend had nothing to do with them. 
surprisingly weren't going all like, oh, you've been mauled by the tigers. We got a draw with the tigers. Just awful, awful people. <laughs> Just <laughs> cut it wrong. off and push it into the sea. Yep. <laughs> Holland, if you want this, you can have it. Mind you, the way the climate change stuff is going. <laughs> Won't be a problem soon, will it? Beverly on sea. <laughs> Let's move on to the Andy Hughes Hero Awards. Uh, somebody who's done better by us across the last seven days. Nominations, please. Uh, London, because for the first time ever, I'll just let me let me just oh. go from my seat. <laughs> Theatre. Now he knocks his beer over as well. Silly twat. Look at this. What I have here on a plate. <laughs> Not one, but two yarbars. Oh, uh, yes. I've, I've scoured the north, by which I mean. Uh, Wakefield Sainsbury's and White Rose Sainsbury's. I've tried the yeah, Dortmund Square Sainsbury's as well to no luck. But we come to London, the first, not even a big Sainsbury's, a Sainsbury's local, mm. two types of Yarbar. Yeah, long time Two listener, types. Long time listeners of the podcast, or earlier in the season at least, anyway, would so, understand the Yarbar reference. So I'd like to invite you all to try some delicious Yarbar. I mean, don't the, don't the cloudberry or the vanilla? Which way's which? Is this the... It's the cloudberry. Cloudberry. I was quite... Um, well, no, I love vanilla in general because that would be like ice cream. So I'll go with vanilla first. See what this is actually like. Yarbars is a company owned by one of Roger Zani's mates, isn't it? Mm. It's like sickly cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to the glory of an edit, you didn't need to hear us eating there, but... Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the vanilla's all right, actually. I had the cloudberry first and that just tasted like... Clouds? Mm-hmm. I don't go near the cloudberry one. If clouds could be described as like um, claggy, it's like if someone's <laughs> used a jam knife in Philadelphia. It's got a sweet edge on it. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> they, um, yeah, because the, the vanilla one, it's, is it wrapped in chocolate? Mm. So you kind of, you have this chocolate element, and you think, oh, okay, it's, it's a little bit like an ice cream sandwich. And you realise it's full of fucking soft cheese. It is cheese. It's like, yeah, it's, it is cheesecakey. That's it's, the thing. It's very claggy, yeah. It's not exactly going great with the, if we're throwing out brand names, the uh, the Northern Monk Origin IPA that I'm drinking. I don't I don't think it should necessarily be paired with a Yarba. I feel we should probably move on now. Well, the Nordic quite <laughs> well. Do you know which bit of um, Nordway they're made in? <laughs> well, you get, oh, I'm going to try this Cloudberry one at least for... Uh, made in Estonia. It makes it sound like you dropped it then because it was made in Estonia because you hate Estonia. Estonia's a fine country, but they've got no business with Yarbars. I feel it was a bit anticlimactic, the Yarbars. We talked about them for so long. Right. Email to andrea.ratrizani at leedsunited.com. Dear Andrea. For the love of God, please, let's get back on message. Okay. What was the message? Heroes. Oh, yes. Uh, Heinz, Heinz Skite. I believe you pronounce it. It's a good change of pace. Yes. <laughs> he was a guest of the club at, um, at at the game on the weekend, but he's a Holocaust survivor and he, he ended up in Leeds and went to a Leeds game before he even went anywhere else in Leeds. Basically got off the train with his brother and they just went to Ellen Road, watched the game. And he's 99, I think now. And he's been uh, sort of a Leeds fan for 80 years. So Christ, imagine being burdened with these idiots for 80 years. He didn't even need to be a Leeds fan either. He's... he's He's come here, he's, he's done this by choice. He's thought, no, no, actually, I think Leeds United will be, that looks like good fun. <laughs> I'll go there. But yeah, nice, nice for someone like that to be to be honoured. Yeah, it's good that they, they got him back for the the game and uh, and he saw six goals. Um, and so we have to uh, nominate Pat Bamford, I think, for providing two of those goals um, in that game and loads of games, uh, loads of goals all, all over and um, an, ele- an election victory. Yeah, well done. People are wondering how did the, the Tories manage such a, a landslide? And um, I think a lot of it has to be put down to the popularity of Pat Bamford. 
And also, one of our other top scorers, own goal. How many has own goal got at the moment? Is it four now? It's just a load, isn't it? It's more than, uh, probably more than matches click. Come on, clicky, sort it out. So, um, yeah, own goal gets a, a nomination. And anybody else then, before we wrap this up? I'm going to give Jackie one for not winning his player of the month, but a, do you want to encourage him? <laughs> well done, Jackie. Jackie. Go on, Jackie. No. Okay. I want results. <laughs> Don't, nomination's not enough. That's like losing in the playoffs. I've had enough of that. Come on, Jackie. Win something. Who's having it? Pat. You're taking Pat Bamford over the Holocaust survivor who uh, <laughs> who's supported Leeds for eight years. Anybody who can tolerate Leeds for 80 years, I think, deserves a certain something. Especially when you didn't have to. I would, uh, I'd be inclined to uh, to pay our own tribute to Heinz Skites. It's a, a great story, um, leaving his luggage at the station and going down to watch Leeds United play just to, I guess if they're going to do one thing while you're in the country, you may as well watch Leeds. Give it Heinz. Right, we're going to break off the podcast at this point and do the final sign-off and recording in the morning the other side of whatever's about to happen this evening. So wish us luck as we go into the awards. Um, due to the beauty of editing, you will hear us in just a matter of seconds. Do we know Do we know which <laughs> footballer we're going to encounter tonight? Because they, they always have a, a fairly substantial player of the year shortlist. And sometimes they even turn up instead of just sending a uh, a message. So we might actually be around. We were we were in the same room as um, Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez and Aguero was there one year, I think, as well. So yeah, so. they always get the uh, they tend to get the prize and leave, which I can't blame them for. Really, they've probably got better things to be doing. Although it's we did what it, we're but... planning to do, really, isn't it? Just get our award and go, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we wish. Uh, it was fun encountering Robbie Savage the other year as well because uh, he wouldn't, in the end, hold up our free Hague. Sign. What was his response when we asked him to? Oh, my dad came crazy, bro. Oh, no, I got to do that. Actually, I don't think we ever, we never actually asked him to because I think David Conning came, he came yeah. in and said, Look, don't, he's had don't do this to Robbie. <laughs> he's do. a simple lad and he's got low self esteem. And Barry, Barry's been bullying him. Yes, it's Barry Glendening. He doesn't need it. Hard time. I've got I've got vague memories. One of my last memories of one of the awards dues is sneaking away from our table between other tables as if I was like, you know, the whole, I'm not going to be suspicious. And then um, putting like, I think I, I snuck a copy of the square ball onto his plate or something and then ran away. <laughs> so there may be, there may be stuff to discuss later, but we were, you know, we're going to try and behave this year. And as if by the magic of editing, here we are again. This is the morning after the night before, after the FSA Awards. Uh, how are we all feeling this morning? I'm feeling all right, because I bailed out at midnight and quit <laughs> drinking before that, like a sensible old man. Uh, yeah, I don't feel too bad. The fact that people are cutting sheet metal outside the window has not been a pleasant environment for us. Yeah. But Thanks for giving me that room. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it. Next to the uh, the building site and the tube tracks, that's been an entertaining lie-in this morning. <laughs> Who's got the trophy then? Well, we didn't win it, did we? Um, congratulations to Fulhamish, the podcast from Fulham, as you might expect, that did win uh, did win the award last night. Fulham beating Leeds, that's a good sign, isn't it? Heading into this weekend, yes. Mm. A, a portent, a sign of things to come this weekend. Well, hopefully hopefully, we've got the, the capital defeat out of the way. We'll take it. We'll take one for the team, literally. Uh, so that's that then, is it, for this, this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh. bit, of a, uh, bit of an anticlimax, really, that, isn't it? Yeah, especially when you've got to get a train home and all that. We shouldn't complain. Nice to be nominated in everything, isn't it? It was nice. We had a lovely dinner and we saw some uh, one or two famous people. Yes. Robbie Savage. 
didn't speak to him, but he was there. He did, an, accept, he did, he did an acceptance speech, didn't he? Can you recreate? <laughs> he wasn't at all savage-ish, actually, was it? It was a real shame. It was not at all. It was, it was um, quite sedate for him. So maybe, maybe that's what he's like in real life. He just turns it on for the radio. Yeah, and for, the, uh, for all the creepy Leeds fans, Emma Jones was there as well with Robbie because she does 606 now as well. Um, yeah. So congratulations to Emma. We didn't, we didn't whisper any creepy messages into her ear. No. To, to uh, mimic what happens to her on Twitter. So just left to be, really. Probably for the best. So a jolly nice night was had by all. Oh, that London's expensive, though, isn't it? <laughs> it wasn't too bad last night. I mean, it was mainly it was mainly free, but... Yeah, couldn't hit us today, I feel. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Especially in the... I'm not in the mood for high prices. <laughs> <laughs> there speaks the auctionman. I'm in the mood for going back to Leeds. What That's I will say is, the, 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 the chat we had afterwards about this was, it reminded us how grateful we are that people actually listen to this. Because it doesn't matter about the award, really, does it? It's, it's a nice thing to have if you get it. <laughs> no, it is. It's a nice thing to have if you get it. But actually, we're just dead grateful that anyone listens because that's the important bit. So thanks. We, we would have got a, a lump of metal from people who don't listen to the podcast would have been the award, wouldn't it? So it's much better to get. I really wish we had that lump of metal. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Need a doorstop. It was very, it's a, it's a very um, heavy circular kind of cylinder was the award, wasn't it? Um, we, we've, because one of the, um, the, the girls on our table, they won it. So congratulations to them as well. Gold diggers. Gold diggers. Yeah. Which is a, fem- a f- female football initiative, wasn't it? Yeah. They did a festival events around the women's world cup and, and they let us look at the trophy. So we, we got to touch we a trophy. We laugh when we lost. We, we did. We, we touched a trophy, which was nice, but it was nice to see them and their success because they really didn't expect it, did they? So, uh, and it came at the right, right at the start of the awards and it kind of just caught them on the hop. So right, the awards have started and by the way, the first winner is Gold Diggers and they're like, oh, that's us. So congratulations to them. They did really, really well and they had a, I think they had a really good night. Um, we, had a, we had a decent night. All right, I suppose. Not as, <laughs> not as good when you don't win, is it? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like an away day. You can still have a nice time. Mm. You know, the, the day was good but then if you've, you know, you've lost 3-0 or whatever, it does take the shine off it a bit. Yeah, hopefully again, not a poor temp for Saturday. <laughs> So I think we'll leave it there because we need to pack up and get out of this Airbnb, don't we? Getting kicked out in 20 minutes. On the plus side for Saturday, I did listen to a bit of Fulhamish because uh, they, were, they were the winning podcast and they were basically saying that they're a shambles at the moment and that Brentford should have won about 6-0 in their last game. So maybe they're shit and everything will be well, fine. Well, maybe that's what we take out of this. That is actually, we shouldn't be that worried about the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know when it happens. I mean, the day that we go into a weekend not worried is when you start to get a backfire like, like against Cardiff. <sighs> oh, well, come on, Leeds. <laughs> Maybe next year, eh? They need to win where we could not. Yeah, thanks for listening to this one. And thanks for listening across the last 12 months and everything as well. We should probably go. Yeah, I suppose. Got a train to catch. So uh, Let's listen, go home. Uh, have a check out of the stuff on the website, thesquareball.net. We really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll speak to you later in the week. The Squareball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.